So Bianca and Ivan, real people. No one called Bianca and Ivan in there? Nope. Okay, brilliant. Full permission to take Mickey out of their names. Um, they're in love. They'd been together five years. And uh, she went to the island of Bermuda. Um, and uh, she, she thought she was accompanying him on a business trip. Uh, they arrived at the hotel. And, uh, and, and he just said, oh, I'm just popping out to my first meeting. And he kind of picks up this thing. And he's got, he's got a box and, uh, for a presentation thing. And as he, as he walks out, he manages to sneak out inside the box was an engagement ring, some fishing wire, and a treasure chest that he had owned since he was five. Thank you, ladies, mostly. And so with his treasure in his hand, he jumped in a taxi. He was out going out to a place called Tucker's Point. Sounds like it's probably in Australia, doesn't it, really? And uh, where he met a friend who helped him attach the treasure, tre- tre- treasure chest. <laughs> and... Um, I haven't been drinking for us. And, uh, and uh, kind of uh, managed to attach the treasure chest with the ring hidden inside it to a weight. And then they swam out about 50 meters offshore and they managed to kind of like, they sunk it to the bottom. It wasn't too deep, okay? So, so they managed to kind of sink it. And uh, his friend stood watch whilst he went back to the apartment and said, Oh, hey, darling, I just, yeah, yeah, great meeting. Should we, should we go for a snorkel? So they did, they went out snorkeling out in the ocean. And he's like, what's that? So he encourages her, dive down, dive down. So she dives down, she picks up this treasure chest, can't believe it, can't believe it. Opens the treasure. There's a ring, there's a note saying, Will you marry me? You can just imagine the kind of the, the just oh, the lengths some people will go to let someone know that they love them. Or at least to have something really good to post on Instagram. I don't know. It's kind of a one way or the other. You know, kind of generally doesn't compare, does it? Doesn't compare with the lengths, the extravagant lengths that our God has gone to to get the message over that He loves us with a passion. And he wants to spend the rest of our lives with him. He wants us to spend our eternal lives, our eternal lives with him. And Easter is the true story of how our amazing God wanted to get that message over to you loud and clear. Now, there is so much in Easter. There is so much in the cross and so much in the resurrection. I'm only going to do so much of it in 10, 15 minutes. That's why, as a church, we've been looking, haven't we, at what Jesus said on the cross and what Jesus did at the cross for the last kind of six weeks or so. We've looked at that sense of forgiveness. We've looked at that sense that Jesus was our substitute in death. We've looked at the sacrifice that he paid for us. But this morning, I want to focus briefly on this one thing. Because ultimately, this is at the heart, I believe, of the Christian message. Those of you that were here Friday night as we thought about Good Friday, as we took part in uh, the Last Supper, Gareth talked inspirationally about how God's plan has always been for a new humanity, a new way to live life, a life that would be characterized by God's love, a, a life that would be characterized by his hope, his joy, his forgiveness, his freedom. And this is why he died on that cross. 
he knew that you and I would be transformed at the very deepest part of who we are by the forgiveness of our sins and by knowing and understanding that our God is love and he loves us with a passion. That if we would just get that one thing right at the heart of who we are, if we would just get that understanding that he loves us, he loves you with a passion, if we would truly get it, truly grasp it, then he by his spirit could begin to transform us from the inside out into the people that he always designed us to be. And he chose one of the most extravagant, memorable, heart-changing, mind-bending ways to send us that message. To take on human flesh and then to lay his life down for you and for me. That we would grasp how wide and long and deep is the love of God that he wants to pour into our hearts by his Holy Spirit to change us. That is why it is called the passion. Because at the heart of it is God's heart beating with passion for all humanity, yes, but for you. Beating with passion. It wasn't because Jesus was passionate about dying. We know that. We know that actually he wrestled with it. He said, God, Father, is there any other way? But no, he said, he knew there was no other. It was the cry of his heart. He wasn't, certainly wasn't passionate about the cross as a method of execution. Absolutely no way. But Hebrews 12 says, For the joy set before him, he endured the cross. For the joy set before him. Look at the person next to you. You are that joy. You are that joy. You are that joy. The joy that you would return to relationship with him. It was for that joy. It was for the joy of redeeming humanity. It's okay. It's all right to have a sneeze. Do it into your elbow like that. Don't, don't spread anything. I hope you didn't sneeze as you looked at them. Yeah, she did. Oh, dear. If you need healing at the end, Carl, you know where the prayer team is. Catch it early. The joy set before him. Because God so loved the world. It wasn't that God was so angry with the world. It wasn't that God wanted to point something out in you. It was that he loved you and he loved us so much that he wanted to deal with everything that would stop us living life in relationship with him. He loved you so much. He would allow effectively himself, effectively his son. I don't know which is more grim. Actually, I think, His son would be more grim. His arms stretched wide. Because he wanted us to get it. He wanted us to understand it. 
What could I possibly do to help this world understand my huge, overwhelming, passionate love and desire for them? Well, Jesus knew because he said in John 15, 13, he said, greater love has no one than this. Forget scuba diving off the island of Bermuda. (laughs) Greater love has no one than this. To lay down one's life for one's friends. This was Jesus saying, there is no greater act. There is no more powerful thing that can be done. And therefore, I am going to do it to send the message. He knew that we needed to know that we are loved if we're going to be truly transformed. Love. Love always has to be the true motivator for genuine life change. He doesn't want to guilt trip us into a relationship with him. He wants to woo us into relationship with him, that we would follow him because our love, our love for him overflows out of us. And how do we know what love is? Well, John 3.16 says, For God so loved the world... And then 1 John, okay, which is further on in the Bible, 1 John 3.16 says, this is how we know what love is. Jesus Christ laid down his life for us and we ought to lay down our lives for our brothers and sisters. So we understand it by looking at Jesus and this is what it demands of us. He laid down his life. Yes, of course, because we needed forgiveness. Yes, of course, because we needed the power of sin and darkness. Yes, of course, because we needed to, to enter death and destroy death and rise the other side of it. The power of sin and darkness had to be defeated. But we needed to know that we are loved. As we looked at baptism this morning, there is such rich symbolism. It says in Colossians chapter 2, it says, You were buried with Christ when you were baptized. You were buried with Christ when you were baptized. So, for those of you that are going into the water today, Those of you that have been baptized previously, think about it. This is you. That as you go under the water, it is as if you are being buried with Christ. The old you. The you that rebelled, that walked away from God, that lived life that didn't care and love for your neighbor. A life of, of, of anything that strayed from God's greatest path for your life. You were buried with Christ when you were baptized. And with him, it goes on to say, you were raised to new life because you trusted the mighty power of God who raised Christ from the dead. This is why we love to have... We love to have baptism on Easter Sunday because we are celebrating resurrection. We are celebrating the resurrection of our King and we are celebrating the resurrection... Of people. Yeah? 
Now, as a church, we believe that when you, when you, when you, when you choose to confess Jesus, when you trust him with your life, that eternal life begins right there and right then. But there is something hugely symbolic, which is why we encourage people to be baptized as they did in the Bible and from the early church. As people saying, I trust the mighty power of God who raised Christ from the dead. And 1 Peter 3.21 says that this water is a picture of baptism, which now saves you. Not by removing dirt from your body, though we hope you had a shower. Not by removing dirt from your body. I love this. But as a response to God from a clean conscience. As a response to God from a clean conscience. And that clean conscience isn't because they've had three weeks of doing nothing wrong. That clean conscience is because Jesus bought us that washing clean on the cross. And so this is a response to God from a clean conscience. conscience. And Peter goes on to write, It is effective because of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Okay, It is effective because of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. So it's effective because of the death of Christ on the cross. But it's effective because he rose to life again, having beaten death, that we might have life in all of its fullness. Praise God. So as each person goes down and as each person comes up, we are reminded that Jesus entered into death. He defeated death by absorbing all its power. And then he rose again. And because he rose again, we can rise again. Not just today, but every day of our lives. Every day that defeat looks like it's going to stare us in the eyes, we can rise again. And just as the cross and resurrection was a loving God telling a world... I love you and I want you to spend the rest of your life and your forever life with me. So it is these people that are being baptized saying back to God, God, I love you and I want to spend the rest of my life and my forever eternal life with you. That is their public declaration that they have decided, they've, they've reached that place of saying, I know who is at the center of my heart, I know where my life is going, and Jesus is all about you. I'm going to pass over to Josie, who's going to take us through the baptisms.